Good morning, everybody. Well, I keep hearing that phrase this morning, it's just not fair, and you're going to hear it again. Um, I certainly think Claire may have felt halfway through that reading that it was just not fair that she had it, but um, sadly, that's what I gave her, so she had an epic reading to do. Um, So, well, we keep hearing it, and I'm going to say it again, it's just not fair. Surely, that is a line we all find ourselves saying, or at least thinking, at some point in our lives. It seems we won't get through a year, or sometimes even a week, without something that we have to deal with that, frankly, just isn't our fault. You get the car door swung open into your car when you're at Tesco's, and it chips away or sticks a dent in it. Um... The hard work you put in at work and, and uh, that failed promotion that David seemed to mention earlier, which I, I smiled when I heard it. I thought, that's not fair. He's, he's read my sermon. <laughs> uh, maybe the money you've worked so hard to, to save, ready for your retirement. You've done the right thing and you've invested it. And that investment goes bad. You end up not making the money you were promised or maybe worse still, even losing money. Uh, some years ago, I found myself having to stand in court and answer the charges of driving without insurance. I'd instructed my broker to add business use to my insurance. It didn't happen. It was an accident. It was an oversight. But technically, because I was working at that time, I wasn't insured. The feelings, the thoughts and the emotions that when something, life deals you an unfair hand can drag you into like a hundred different ways and can really get to you. And then sometimes there's the anger that you feel when someone seems to escape justice because we feel, you know, we feel they deserve, you know, justice should be served and it's unfair. They don't seem to get it. What do we do with that? How do we respond? Joseph had to deal with this over and over. Sold into slavery after being betrayed by his own family, he was taken to Egypt and sold on to Potiphar. Whilst there, as Joseph served, we read that he prospered and succeeded in all that he did. And this was accredited to the fact that the Lord was with him. So much so that we read that Joseph rose in that household until he was in charge of the whole household. He had gained success and respect And he had acted with integrity. In fact, it was his integrity that caused him to be odds with the master's wife when she, seeing he was something of a looker, tried to take him to her bed. And because of his integrity and his desire to honour both his master and God, he fled from her. And we know what happened next. Scorned and probably embarrassed, she made a false accusation against him, leading him to be thrown into jail for no more than doing the right thing. Just not fair. And as we know, sorry, we read that whilst he is in prison, he once again becomes trusted person. He's put in charge of the other prisoners and is well treated by the guards. We again read that The Lord was with him and gave him favour and success at all that he did. And whilst they're in prison, we also hear how he came into contact with Pharaoh's uh, cupbearer and baker. 
Um, and having them having dreams, he interpreted them, and then just asking in response, you know, could you put in a good word for me with Pharaoh? Yet nothing for two full years. Now his conduct in prison through that time enabled him to leads him on to having the opportunity to stand before Pharaoh, to tell him the meaning of his dreams and what was about to happen in Egypt over the next 14 years. Because Joseph relied on the Lord, he rose again into a position higher than anybody else under Pharaoh, with Pharaoh saying, since God has revealed the meaning of the dreams to you, clearly no one else is as intelligent or as wise as you are. You will be in charge of my court, and all the people will take orders from you. Only I, sitting on my throne, will have a rank higher than yours. So... Happy ending, right? Surely everything's all right. Hearing how well it all ended, it could be easy to miss the reality of that journey. The sense of injustice, betrayal, hurt, shame, hopelessness, anger, and abandonment by all but God he must have felt. How would we do in that situation? How is it that Joseph came through it? How do we come through life's unfairness? Well, firstly, don't have a pity party. Now, if you listened to Roger last week, you may have heard him saying the, uh, the saying a similar thing on the subject of disappointment. And uh, my disappointment, as when I catched up with him earlier this week on, on the uh, online to listen to it, I realised he'd used it. But if it's true, then it stands. So we stick with it. It stands. When we have been on the receiving end of an unfairness or an injustice, it's easy to feel like, what is the point? You know you've tried to do everything right, even when it's difficult, yet... Somehow you end up losing out. You don't get the job, you don't get the pay rise, you don't get the recognition. Maybe now other people are prospering from your efforts. The unfairness of a situation, the injustice can overwhelm to the point where you say to yourself, well, there's just no point in trying. I might as well just give up. But what do we give up on? Family? Friends? Putting the effort into the things that we do, the church, or even God. It seems to me when I want to give up on things, it's because I'm thinking of myself. I'm looking inward as to how I feel. Jesus says, come to me, all of you are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle of heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. It's easy to bear and my burdens I give you is light. Now I love that passage because the words of that passage fit for just about every situation you can ever be in. It's said in a particular context but the words themselves they can apply to so many things. When you feel the weight of injustice and all the related emotions that can cripple you, we should take them to Jesus. As the old saying goes, a problem shared is a problem halved at least. But that kind of burden, in fact any burden, 
that we should what we could be given we should give over to Jesus. For when we try to do things on ourselves, in our own strength, we can find we can become swamped by it. We can shut down, give in to the weight of it, and ultimately buckle under the weight of it. His burden is light. See in Psalm 55, in verse 22, it says, Cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. And again, in 1 Peter, in chapter 5, we read, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. I think these passages are the key to a practical application of getting through the loneliness of being treated unfairly. And they will stop us from brooding for too long. Because an injustice is personal, strikes to the heart of a person, And it will invoke an emotional response. And it may take some time or never before you see justice or a restoration from that situation. Whom else can sustain us through that if not the living God? Which is my second point. Continue with God. Oh, what a nice, safe Christian thing to say that is. Just continue with God, my brother. His ways are not our ways. Or uh, I'm sure he has a plan for you in all of this. I don't know about you, but if I hear that and I'm angry and screwed up inside, (laughs) I can feel quite torn. It's well-meaning and and good advice, but the reality is inside I'm like, I'm going to get myself even. Thinking of what you want to do. I'm going to make him pay, you might think. Well, Joseph certainly could have felt like that. He'd helped the cupbearer, and in return, they forgot all about him. How unfair. It was two full years before they remembered him. Imagine you're stuck in a cell for two years. It'd be not enough being stuck indoors for three months during lockdown. Did anger take hold? I'm sure I would have been pretty angry. And just as an aside, it's not always wrong to be angry at injustice. So long as it motivates us and nudges us to do something positive, to take action to help others when life is treating them unfairly, maybe. For instance, how unfair is it that people don't have enough to eat? Here in the Western world, we have a glut of food, an abundance. The anger or unfairness can motivate us to take a positive action to help or to share with our time and our resources or to maybe lobby, you know, the governments and things to take a positive action. But what if Joseph had got angry? Stuck in prison with nowhere to direct his anger. Anger turns to bitterness. And bitterness is is poison to the soul. When that sets in, your whole attitude can stink. Well, you don't know what they did to me, we might say to ourselves. Well, that kind of response isn't continuing with God. It's turning in on yourself. And if you are turning in on yourself, then you are not turning to God. And turning to God is continuing with God. Because we are not promised a smooth path through life of health, wealth and happiness. Just that he will be with us as we go through it. 
The injustice Joseph had came from one of his own cellmates. And it's likely if we are going to be treated unfairly, it could just as easily come from a person in our close circle, a friend, colleague or shock and horror, maybe somebody in the church. (laughs) Do we get angry or do we get back at them or do we allow God into the situation and turn to him as it's going to happen sometimes? You know, there's a joke. Jokes are dangerous in church. Only half the people ever like them. (laughs) I'm going to go with it. (laughs) I'm going to be brave. (laughs) There's a a guy I know who's a Christian, and he's a comedian. I not personally know. Um, And he told a a joke similar to these lines. He says, there's three people talking. And one of them says, the church I go to is amazing. The worship is just awesome. It's like nothing you've ever heard. It's like a choir of angels surrounding you. And the guy's like, oh, wow, fantastic. Well, the church I go to, the preaching is incredible. It's like being stood before the Lord himself. And then the third guy says, uh, well, the place where I go, he says, everybody just loves each other and gets along and nobody judges you. And the other two look at him and say, where's that? He says, the bar across the road. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, where am I? I've lost my notes now. Sorry. <laughs> Joking aside, it's the people close to us whom are most likely to treat us in a way we may perceive as unfair. They didn't call when you felt you needed it or overlooked you when you were chatting with friends. 99.99% of the time, it's not on purpose. So it's not on them, but on us not to allow it to destroy our relationships. We see this in verse 9 of chapter 41, where the cupbearer says, Today I've been reminded of my failure. As he remembers what Joseph had done for him in the, in the prison all these years earlier. It doesn't seem to be any ill intent against Joseph. He simply forgot. And I guess seeing his colleague impaled on a stick might do that since the baker didn't make it. (laughs) Read in Ephesians. As a prisoner of the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father for all, who is over all, through all, and in all. Only by continuing with God can we keep ourselves in a place where we can be used to God, be it in a crowd or alone in a cell. And then finally, move on and choose to forgive. When Joseph was called before Pharaoh, a couple of things happened. Firstly, he humble, he stayed humble and he decided to help. He chose to forgive and to move on. And yes, it is a choice. He didn't seize his opportunity to air his grievances, bringing up old hurts and pain over and over until it was all he could see. Just my guess 
But that being in a cell without too many distractions, he probably dealt with it quite quickly. He'd have had no choice but to talk it over with God. He would have had the time. We need to learn from this and be on our guard and do the same, lest we get busy and leave out God altogether. And just a few minutes each day, maybe all we can get sometimes. But make the time for reflection, lest we fall into the temptation of telling all our friends and anyone who are listening, rehearsing the injustice until we become ineffective people or too ineffective for even God to use at that time. Joseph had no idea that after two full years his opportunity would come, yet when he did, he was ready. He had moved on. Imagine a different scenario. Joseph gets angry, bitterness takes over, and he stops bothering with God altogether. And then out of the blue, two years later, the opportunity finally presents itself. He comes before Pharaoh. Pharaoh tells him his dream, and then nothing. Assuming he hadn't got to the point where a lousy attitude had gotten sent straight back to his cell, would he have even had the discernment to interpret the dream without God actively in his life? We read multiple times that his success was because God was with him. What if Joseph had shut him out? Sure, God can do it, use Balaam's donkey to talk, but he chooses to use us. We need to be ready at all times, and that means staying faithful. When you feel you've been wronged, and more importantly, staying faithful to God in times of waiting. And sometimes that can be years. Although I would say that even in those times, we can still be effective Christians, supporting others. But those times are also where we will grow and are prepared for what is to come. Thankfully, Joseph did continue with God, even when he was waiting for years without any sign that things would change. And of course, just as another aside, it can be quite right to seek justice for a wrong against us. You know, if someone hits your car, then you're going to claim off their insurance. It doesn't mean you have to give up every last right. But so long as it's done in the right way. But if it goes wrong and things do go wrong and we cling to it and we cling to the fact that we're going to have to get justice at all costs and demand what we feel we deserve, then we can be on very shaky ground. Because if we are doing that, then it might be a sign that we haven't actually forgiven and moved on at all. You see, what if we get what we deserve? Jesus has surely got to be the example to us there. Did Jesus get justice? He had never done anything wrong, yet he he was punished by being tortured and beaten before being brutally murdered and being nailed to some wood and hung out until he died. That's the reality of it. We tend to say he died for our sins. This was done so we don't have to receive what we deserve. And if we demand people get what they deserve, then we will get what we deserve. And if we don't forgive them, we deserve hell. Jesus was innocent, yet he explained it was, it was, let's try again. Jesus was innocent, yet he accepted it as it was God's will. And because you were worth it 
to him. And thank goodness for us, he did. He even forgot, forgave those who did it whilst it was still happening. God wants us to have that same attitude when we are treated unfairly. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that was above every other name. That was from Philippians. We see the same principle with Joseph. Staying humble and obedient to God, not just in the last two years, but over and over again with each setback. And in his growing and continuing with God, he ultimately is rewarded to a high position of honour and ruler over Egypt. Only the one on the throne having a higher position. All this was only possible because he chose to move on and forgive. We have to adopt the same attitude for ourselves. It's not always an easy thing to do. And who is to say we will ever see justice? However, actually one day we will. Just so long as we don't shipwreck our lives and our faith, hanging on to things of our past, not of God, and probably from the enemy in the first place. But instead we've got to hang on to God and his justice. And that will bring about a way forward and ultimately his reward and his justice. Freedom for us to forgive and to be forgiven. There you go.